What's up, Mike? How are you? Eric. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm out and about. I like that. I'm, I'm yeah. stuck in my office and you're like enjoying sunshine. That's awesome. It's wonderful. I got it right here. You know, it's good to get the sunshine on your eyeballs first thing in the morning. Oh, yeah. It wakes you right up, you know? It does. It get you your right circadian up. rhythm in order, too. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm also next to a very loud air conditioner right there. So if it's humming in the background, my apologies. No worries. No but, uh, worries. How are you, my man? Good? Yeah, I'm doing great. I started my morning with a kind of hike run in the woods with Carla. And we worked on some breathing techniques, got the sun hey. on my face, lots of oxygen from the trees. It was good. Yeah, lots of pollen as well. That's what lots I've got of pollen. going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, do- some- <laughs> I'm not too bad in that category, so I'm okay. <laughs> All right, that's good. Cool. But that's great. I mean, breathing techniques kind of tie into what we're chatting about a little bit, I would imagine, yeah, well, right? Yeah. Breathing techniques tie into just about everything, don't they? Just life. You kind of need to breathe, right? Yeah. I learned that <laughs> early on in PT school that <laughs> that oxygen and breathing are extremely important. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so last week we talked about like kind of what runners do wrong when it comes to like strengthening exercises and maybe like uh, stretching, just some like common stretches that maybe we get incorrect. Right, so, right. I thought maybe we kind of do a little bit of the same thing, but focus on that recovery piece, you know? Sure. Can I just say one thing first? Sure. Runners do a lot of things right. Like we keep talking no, about what we, do, what we do wrong, <laughs> like yeah. coming across so negative, but there's I so know, much right? right about what everyone's doing. Um, and we're just trying to make it more better. That's make what it we're more trying better. To do. That's more it. better. <laughs> right. Exactly. Maybe that's what I'll title it. Make it. Making it more better. Making it more better. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah. So I know that like we have talked in the past about the most important recovery piece, and that would be sleeping properly. Amen. Right. And right. this is something that it, it's not like uh, it's a running thing, but it's also not a running thing. No, it's a it's a it's a life thing. It's a life thing. It's a life it thing. And yeah. uh, I remember from past conversations, you've talked a little bit about like good sleep hygiene. And I yeah. know that it's like you, you've talked about it. I've worked on it, but I do know that uh, I'm still probably doing it wrong. You think? What are you doing? I think, let's, talk, let's get personal with Eric. What, what are you doing with your sleep <laughs> hygiene? <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I think it's like a, like a routine thing that I, I haven't quite nailed down an actual routine that I stick to consistently, you know? Like right. I know with my kiddos that there's very like regimented, okay, dinner, bath, books, bed, like boom, boom, boom. Um, with me, however, it seems to be a little bit more loosey-goosey, you know? Right. You it's know, the, not... the, the, the baby child sleep routine is actually pretty good if we could just keep it going throughout our life. Right. Like, how great would it be if I actually ate dinner, took a bath, read a book, and went to bed? That's like three of the five check marks in my sleep hygiene list that you need to do. <laughs> That's it. All, All right. right. Cool. What, what are the uh, other two? 
All right, so let me see. In, in no like real particular order, but um, one one thing that hopefully your kids don't have a problem with is shutting down the electronics sooner than later. Yeah. Um, you know, I would love to say an hour before you want to go to sleep, no more phone, no more computer, um, just really shut the blue lights and all that uh, input we're getting um, when we're online to shut that off. Um, mm -hmm. I forget the numbers, but the amount of input and advertisements and stressful things that we see on a daily basis through just social media and checking emails and watching videos is just intense and it's, it, it messes with our brain. And then the blue lights actually stimulate our brain almost like caffeine would. So doing that right before you go to bed is not great. Yeah. And I know people are going to be listening and they're going to say, well, the phone is my alarm clock. Um, go buy a real alarm clock and keep the phone <laughs> out of the bedroom. <laughs> Right. Eric, Eric will personally buy you an alarm clock if you well, need Well, hey, let's, let's not go uh, anything here. But... All right. But, um, you know, but it, and if you do have to use it, just um, put it on airplane mode, shut off all your alerts, put it under the yeah. bed or something so you're just not um, tempted to use it. So an hour before, try to right. shut those things down. Also, what, what I do, and um, I think you know we've just finished a house renovation, I have mm -hmm. every room of my house on dimmer switches. And my daughter Damn complains... I... Yeah, my daughter complains like it's so like um, sad looking in here. I'm like, it's not sad. It's it's like eight o'clock at night. Like you need to just turn all this down so everything's dimmer. It's uh, I, yep. you know, it's kind of romantic lighting. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, you gotta get ready for something. Right, <laughs> yeah, for sleep. That's what we're getting ready for. <laughs> right. um, so you know, but dim the lights down because just like we talked yep. about, the first thing in the morning, if you can get your eyeballs in the sun. That stimulation yeah. from the sun gets your circadian rhythms going. The light bulbs, like the one above my head here and the ones that we have in all our houses, like mess with that rhythm because they're just telling our brain, oh, it's still light out. You don't need to sleep. So if you can right. dim it's those like down. This, they mimic this, this light bulb, that thing. right? Right, Whatever yeah. it is over here. So when that light bulb starts to go down, our light bulbs should start to go down. And like we should kind of follow that. But life doesn't follow the the pattern of the sun anymore, you know, with the advent right. of light and shift workers and everyone's just way too busy and doing too many things. Um, so, but the more things you can do to point yourself into, into the direction of proper rest and sleep, the better. So yeah. phone, dim the lights, um, two really easy and important things to do. Um, taking a hot bath, you know, oh, hot yeah. shower, hot bath, um, sauna, if you have access to it would be great as well, but something that, um, you know, heat your body temperature up. So as you're starting to cool off, like our natural circadian rhythm, though, our body temperature should drop a little bit as we're approaching restful time. So by kind of stimulating, oh, I'm really hot. Let's, when your body has to cool you off, it kind of almost tricks the body into that cooling process sooner. Plus, it's wow, nice to okay. go to bed. It's nice to go to bed clean, right? Too. Yeah, so I, think I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, the sauna, sweaty. sauna, maybe not. That just no. makes you feel hot and sticky and sweaty and gross. Right. So then you like the, rinse off after yeah, that. Yeah, like the hot yeah. shower thing. That's good. Yeah. So not only do you, you just feel good, it's relaxing for, mo for the most part, but yeah. uh, what it's doing, the internal temperature will help um, promote rest. So yeah. there's those three. Um, read a book, something. Yeah. Like an actual book, not like an a iPad book. No, like no screen. Get an old, I don't even, on the bookshelf here, like get an old fashioned book. Not this one. Like yeah. So, <laughs> something that's not stressful to read, something that's not yeah. like my problem is I read too many like 
um, almost like self-help books, books on breathing, meditating, mindful, running, injuries, business, blah, blah, blah. Like all those things stimulate my brain. So pick something right. boring, a little more boring, maybe even nonfiction or something that can kind of point you in the direction of relaxation. Do that. Um, like a textbook. Right. Just like a textbook, like a science textbook. That Grab usually you. put me to sleep in, right. in college. Yeah, like me just go get my freshman um, history book from high school. That'll put me to sleep <laughs> right away. But no, seriously, something like that. And then if you're doing... I mean, if you're doing all these things, now you're just helping your body get to that restful state, which is awesome. Um, another thing, too, if you had a lot of stuff going on in the brain, I call it a brain dump. Just have a, a oh, piece yeah. of paper, almost like a journal or a diary near your bed. And just if you think, oh, tomorrow you got to do this, got to do that. Oh, well, I forgot to do this. Those things are going to be rolling around. It's not going to calm your brain down. So the act of writing it down um, yeah. just gets it out of your brain. So puts it on paper, and then you can rest the brain. You dump it out. Dump it out. Don't put it out right on the paper. Right. So what's happening when I'm sleeping, right? You always talk about it. It's such a great thing to do. Why <laughs> is it so great for me if I'm like a runner specifically? Like what's happening? All right. So there's not one thing, one system in the body that doesn't improve with sleep. So just remember that. So brain endocrine system, circulatory system, muscular system, integrative system, which is your skin, all the systems get better. So nothing does not improve with a good night's sleep. That's all you need to know. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, and in during that time is when we get recovery. It's when our brain starts to rewire, um, the chemicals in our body start to rebuild, all the cells start to rebuild physically and some of the work we put in during the day. So everything's good. And there's, it's probably too deep to get into this conversation and I've got to review um, the terminology as well, but there's different phases of sleep. You know, there's the yep. REM sleep, there's deep sleep, there's all sorts of different phases. And depending on if you're getting into those, uh, going through all those sleep cycles or not, so the quality of sleep could be off. So it's one thing about right. the quantity, which we want, you know, um, most adults uh, in this country are getting like five to seven, five, six, seven hours of sleep a night, which is not enough. Um, right. We should be in that eight, eight range. Our teens, which are getting even less, should be like in the nine to 10 hour range. Um, yeah. You know, the age group that needs the most sleep are typically getting the worst. And those are the ones who are stuck in their phones all night and just also just the pressure. They're going to school, um, doing a sport maybe a part-time job, all this homework, helping out around home and trying to keep up socially with everything that's going on in social media. But before they know it, that's a 23 hour a day job and they're right, not getting right. enough sleep. Yeah. They need it the uh, most too. They get a little, some teenagers can be a little grumpy. And I think it's got to do with sleep. It, it, there's, there's other factors. I think everybody's grumpy if they don't sleep, you know? It, it's true. I'm not a nice yeah. guy when I don't sleep. Nah, you get grumpy. I'm miserable. Yeah, um, everything just everything seems worse. You're more edgy. You're more sensitive. My body doesn't feel good. Um, and yeah. but you know what happens when I go through periods of really bad sleep, and I've historically been an awful sleeper, and then I get a really long night of sleep. Um, I don't feel great that first day after. I right. almost feel like I'm I've got like a sleep hangover. I'm like, what like is a, going on? Groggy, groggy. Yeah, yeah. All day. yeah, yeah, yeah. But after you get into it more, and you kind of consistently get a good night's sleep, then you just feel great. Yeah. And then you don't you don't have to rely on things like this too much. <laughs> right, the coffee, the coffee talk. I went Dunkin' right. today. Eric runs on Dunkin' this morning. We all run on Dunkin' because we don't get enough sleep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sorry, Dunkin'. <laughs> so before this turns into a whole chat about sleep. Yeah. 
Let's talk some other recovery pieces, right? Okay. I always think of like, you know, your run strong class a little bit when mm -hmm. I think about like recovery, like the stretching and the foam rolling piece. And yeah. you have recently talked to me about how foam rolling specifically cannot, it doesn't only have to be like a recovery piece. It can also be like a preparation piece. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are some of the ways, so like, I know you'll probably say just like, you always do that, like any foam rolling's great. So like do it. But like, <laughs> what are some of the ways where people will, maybe they are into the foam rolling thing, but they might kind of maybe not do it properly. Or like, what are some of the things they should focus on with the foam roller to make sure that we're doing it right? All right. So you don't want me to say anything's better than nothing. You want me to say something different. I mean, you can <laughs> say that because it's true. Probably. Right. All right. So yeah. real, real quick, because that, that could be a 20 minute conversation. Um, I know. Yes. Foam rolling can be used as a pre warm up, which is what I really like it for, but it can also be used as recovery, which I like for like it for as well. It all depends yeah. how much time you have. Right. So no matter when you do it, you want to make sure you're doing it properly. The biggest mistake most people make is they're so uncomfortable doing it and they're tensing their body as they're trying to like basically massage these muscles. So mm -hmm. they're kind of defeating the purpose. Uh, right. If you're new to it, or some people are just more sensitive there. Like if you're the type of person, if it's like someone squeezes your, your neck muscle, you're like, oh, wow, that really hurts. Like, you know, if someone touches your quad, like, oh, don't touch there. Like, it's just kind of ticklish, borderline painful. Most likely there's lots of trigger points where people yeah. just carry a lot of tension in their muscular system. They're not going to enjoy foam rolling. So if they go at it aggressively with like a knobby foam roller made out of cement and metal, like that's, <laughs> yeah. they're not going to feel good on anybody. No, and then they're <laughs> going to be tightening as they're trying to do it. So they're going to have this right. two to three minute torture session. And yeah, they, they withstood it and they, you know, they grunted it out, but they might not have gotten much benefit. So start off with a, a, a softer roller or just one that's flat. I'm going to try to relax, try to breathe through the discomfort. Um, the areas that are most tender, as long as you're not on a joint, which um, most people know when they're on bone versus muscle, but if you're like on your quad and there's a little speed bump in there, don't avoid it. Like sit on that, breathe, try to bend the knee, move that muscle, contract and relax the muscle a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And then don't just tense up because when you tense up, you're not, it's going to feel a little less painful, but you're not going to get the relief of the trigger point like you would if you were just relaxed. Right. Got it. And I can attest to the ticklish thing. I've gone to quite a few <laughs> massages where I'm just giggling the whole time. <laughs> and it feels a little silly when someone's massaging your legs. And, just and you're giggling? <laughs> and I'm just giggling because it's so tickly. I don't know what right. to do. Yeah. Um, so the more yeah. you work, the more massages you get, the more um, foam rolling you do, the more use of your massage gun at home, all those things, the more you do, the, the more tolerant you become, the looser the muscles are, and then the more benefit you get from all those techniques. So it's worth kind of, in a gradual way, kind of working through all that ticklishness. Got it. And would you say, like, are there any pointers you have for someone who maybe does the massage gun thing versus the foam roller, like how to use that properly? Because I have a I don't know. I feel like sometimes I'm either like just hammering the same spot like for way too long or like right, right. not do like should I be moving it around like stay on that same spot. What how does the how the heck do I use that thing? Yeah, yeah. Um how can I answer it without getting without knowing specifics? Um so one you want to get 
like the whole muscle. So let's just say, I'll back up a little bit. Let's say I'm doing my arm, right? So I'm going to get the massage gun and just get the whole area. If I feel a, a trigger point, which is a speed bump tender area, I, I would stay there for a little bit. I would hold it on there. Maybe it's 10, 15, 20 seconds trying to get the blood flow. But similar to the, um, the foam roller, if it's really uncomfortable and I'm like tense the whole time as I'm doing it, back off the pressure. Just Even just the, the vibration of the um, uh, massage gun will increase the blood flow. It'll be more beneficial than you trying to jam it in there, but you're contracting your arm the whole time. Right. Okay. Got it. Cool. And so then, go easy. Uh, easy and, and tolerate it and then build into getting deeper into the muscle as you're feeling good about it. Would it be beneficial to kind of start on the low setting and then like work your way up over time? So, you know, or? you would think so. You think that's, um, I mean, that's a great piece of advice, but I've found just because I've been using like the, the hypervolt massage gun for like 10 years now or however long yeah. it's been. Um, some people actually are more tolerable at a higher oscillation. So the three speeds, yeah. just it's more um, uh, revolutions per second. Um, yeah. And I found some people are like, oh, I kind of like number two or three. It's just a little more tolerable versus the slower. So it all depends uh, what it's, and, you know, in theory, you'll get more blood flow with the higher you go and it's maybe a little more intense, but I've found people just enjoy a certain frequency more than others. All right, cool. Yeah. You just got to find your frequency, I guess. <laughs> find your frequency. Oh, that's like a t-shirt right there. Find, it sounds like very like hippie, like hippie dippy. You know? Yeah, it does. <laughs> like my, uh, like my bandana here. It, it, it sounded perfect coming out of your mouth with the bandana. <laughs> right. Can we talk like, Quickly about ice icing. Yeah. What's the deal with ice? Do I? How do I use that? It's cold. I, yes. What's that? Why? Why do I want to put that on me? <laughs> All right. It's so, cold. in general, we've iced in our profession. We've iced too many people for too long over the years. Back in the seventies, there was a textbook that came out. I believe it was literally called the Textbook of Sports Medicine or something like that. And the doctor has recently, the doctor who wrote that book has come out and said, you know, the rice principle, rice elevation, compression and elevation is what we knew then. And that's what we mm -hmm. taught, but we might be doing that too long for, for, for too many people. So injury wise, if you're, if you, you know, if you're swollen, if it's like a red hot injury, like a new ankle sprain, ice is very good for that. But also in general recovery, um, like post-workout, you'll see videos all over Instagram, people diving into ice buckets and putting their head in and cold plunging. It's extremely beneficial. And I do, I don't have the courage to dive into a trash barrel full of ice water, but I do cold showers um, because that change in temperature is very beneficial for us. And so it does a lot of good things for your cardiovascular system, your respiratory system, um, stress levels. So icing or cooling off in general is a very, very good thing. How you incorporate it into your routine, it all depends on what your training schedule looks like, what your sleep schedule looks like, what your work schedule looks like. Uh, but incorporating something like that in is always a good thing. Uh, ice, ice can be good, just not for too long. For what? For too long. Yeah, yeah. Don't, like, like, unless you've got this red hot swollen sprained ankle, you don't have to wrap something in ice for 25 minutes. You know, right. um, and also people get um, mistaken, like you can cool off the body, like anything colder than 52 degrees, I believe is considered therapeutic. So you can go cold, but you don't have to go freezing. So it's painful because some people have an insensitivity to, I mean, high sensitivity to the, the cold. And there's yeah. a thing called cold uticaria where people get like 
responses like it hurts and they get the central nervous system response because of the cold so um, they can get still benefits of cooling but they don't mm -hmm. have to go freezing cold ah, all right yeah i like that idea i feel like I, I i've tried like the uh cold shower thing yeah it's not for me man it's not for me <laughs> it's, uh, it's not fun it's not fun so like i do like a lukewarm like a lukewarm shower hey you're doing something yeah. See, I, and shower, showers are tough because it's like trickling on you. Like yeah. for me, I'd rather just jump into a, a, the ocean, just dive in or a cold pool. You just all in and then get out. When it starts right. trickling and like, ooh, it hits a, like a weird spot on your body. And oh, it's a little cold there, but that's still warm. Like, I just want to get all in. <laughs> just all but, in. Dive in. Yeah. Like but it's, the, it's, uh, stick with it. It's that, beneficial. What was that place called? The, the Bodhi Spa. Like the Bodhi, Bodhi Spa. Spa. Yeah. Boom. Do it. Plunge. Do it. Um, Maybe we'll do a we'll do a coffee talk from the Bodhi Spa. I think that'll oh, work. I don't know. Well, they have rules at Christine yeah. Center. We've got to whisper the whole time. Yeah, you can't talk. You can't bring in phones. No whisper. We'd have to we'd probably get kicked out. It'd be a coffee talk where we get kicked out of the Bodhi Spa. We could do the whisper coffee the coffee whisper that week. Coffee whisper that week. Cool. So I before we wrap up, because we've been yeah. we've been chatting for a little bit here. Yeah. Something just popped into my head about the sleep thing. Okay. I hear about like power naps and I'm wondering if that's a thing people should incorporate into their lives. You know, I don't, I would probably have to do a little more research on that to get more technical with the answer. Um, I've never been a napper. So I have kind of a predisposed idea about napping where I'd rather put that time into a good night's sleep than get a little bit of rest and end up going to bed later. Uh, but mm -hmm. many people um, love the mid-afternoon power nap. Like a 20-minute nap is really good for recharging. If you sleep too long, then that's not good. You can wake up more groggy, and it's not mm -hmm. really helpful. So I believe like the 15 to 20-minute power nap for some people, if you can fit that in. And if you know you're someone who needs that, uh, then I have plenty of friends who, and family members who would love it and would function better the rest of the day if they took a little nap after lunch. And if you can do it and you're still getting a good night's sleep, there's nothing wrong with that. All right. Cool. Power nap. Yeah. I can dig it. Yeah. Uh, Siesta. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about the breathing stuff that you mentioned that you and uh, Carla were doing it this morning. Right. Is there a, is there a way to use that uh, for recovery? Absolutely. Maybe we'll do a whole talk on that because that we can get more technical on that. But real cool. simply, yeah, we can breathe a certain way to trigger, you know, there's two parts of our central nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So there's that flight or, fight or flight part, which is a sympathetic, and there's like the, the rest and recovery, which is the parasympathetic. So the way we breathe, whether it's through our nose, the pauses, how many, the ratio between inhale and exhale, there's definitely stuff we can do, and uh, it would help point you in the direction of rest and recovery for sure. We can, why don't we make that a whole talk another time? Oh, let's do that. We'll wrap this up with breathing is breathing is good. And then we'll do a whole chat about it. Sounds <laughs> good. All right, yeah. cool. Well, thank you for uh, the, the talk today. I'm glad yeah, we awesome. got it. And yeah. uh, I'm going to go uh, get some allergy medication, maybe. <laughs> it's maybe tough to breathe through your nose when you're all inflamed <laughs> yeah. in there, right? Exactly, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, I, pr I appreciate the chat, and uh, thank you for everybody who tuned in. Yeah, same here. It's always fun talking. Yeah, maybe uh, we'll see you next week. We'll talk to you a little bit about breathing. 
Sounds good. <laughs> All right. See you next week.